<laughs> so this is what we're actually uh, looking at at the moment. How can we really extend the kingdom of God? There's actually three pillars for us to look at. One which has got to do with actually knowing God and living out of his presence. And another one about our identity, knowing who God is and who we are in God. And that will allow us to get to have great impact in the kingdom of God. So we are basically studying all things around this triangle. And other, um, today I'm looking at hearing the voice of God. Okay. So my slide will change, I hope. Otherwise, Jimmy will change for me. There we go. Excellent. Thank you, Jimmy. That's right. So, hearing the voice of God. Neuroscientists have found that infants naturally know how to tune into their mother's voice. As children grow up and develop, actually, teenagers no longer find their mother's voice uniquely rewarding, and they start to tune into unfamiliar voices. <laughs> this is actually the process that happens when a child grows up. This is actually a fact, okay? As children of God, we are called to hear God's voice and never, never grow out of it. Amen. We are called to nurture our dependency from Father and take pleasure in being in his presence. So maturity is not about flying off the nest and take off independently because we know how to do it, but instead we learn to tune in more accurately, more with the Father's heart. That's what we do. And basically what we do is we learn Father's dream. We, we realize he's got a plan for us and he has put desire in our heart that he knows will satisfy us. He knows better than we do. Okay? But so we can, you, we can see and you can see this tension and this difficulty in the natural. Amen. We are taught, grow up, be independent. Okay? Try to stand on your own to feet. But in the spiritual you know, it's all about being in close communion with Father God. So remember, uh, in Genesis, Adam could actually walk with God in the cool of the evening in the garden. He had that closeness of relationship. God's original design was to be very close to us and him and, and us <laughs> close to him. But trouble started when Adam stopped listening to the God's, God's voice, as you know. He got in trouble when he stopped listening to God's voice. So you see, for us right now, when we are born again from the Spirit of God, there's a rediscovery of what it is to have an amazing Father and listen, listening to his voice. There's a rediscovery of that. So, could you change my slide? Thank you. So I'm going to look at five points about hearing the voice of God. Okay. The first thing is, hearing God's voice, it's your birthright. It's my birthright. As born-again Christian, we are now child of, of God. And we are as well the dwelling of Holy Spirit. That means that the Spirit made its, its place in our heart. Okay? And you've got the verse here. You can read at home Romans 8, verse 15. You can read 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. This put us in a unique place because we have access to God okay 
and we can hear his voice. Actually, John 10, verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. So you have a picture here of us, the sheep, following the good shepherd and responding to his loving instruction. But it is your birthright. Everybody in this room who has given a heart to Jesus can hear the voice of God. Amen. If you have not given your heart to Jesus, all you have to do is say, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I believe. I want to follow you. You've died for me. You can do that this morning. It's not complicated. You invite him in your life and you will have the absolute birthright to connect with God. Amen. All right? So, secondly, which I think it's really important because we sometimes don't realize that, God speaks all the time. All the time. The problem is with us because we might not be listening. Okay? And Matthew 18, verse 3 tells us that to inherit the kingdom, we must be like children. And John 10 is telling us about being like sheep, we just seen, and to listen. So just like my open illustration about teenagers, sometimes we do not hear because we think we don't need God that much. And we can do it by ourselves. That's the fundamental problem. We effectively remove ourselves from a position in which we can hear his voice. We are doing that. So let me look very quickly about a few obstacles um, to hearing the voice of God. And I can assure you, it's me too. Okay, it's everybody in this room. First one, and I think for me it's my main one, it's my independency. Okay? Uh, most of the time I think, yeah, that's why I've got this, can do this. And that's where I don't hear God's voice because I'm so preoccupied about fixing the problem myself, right? Um, and actually, sometimes even our busyness could do that. It's like, oh, I'm doing this. No, 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 don't worry. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then forget, we forget to pause and say, God, huh, do you have a better solution? Do you have a solution at all? Because I can't. Yes? So our independency. I think the second big obstacle is actually our wrong beliefs about God and our wrong beliefs about our identity in God. Because I don't know what, what do you do. What do you do when you mess up? Okay, well, if you're afraid of your father or your mother, when you mess up, you hide things in a very, and you're fearful, and you're ashamed, and you just hide things. So if your view is father, God, is a punisher, you will do the same thing with God. And that, instead of coming and say, Father, I need you, I need your forgiveness, please speak to me, what you will do is you will run away. So you see, things like fear, shame, doubt about whether God wants to have a relationship with us, all of these things about our perception of who God is and who we are in him, that could create a barrier to hearing God's voice. If we do not understand how good God is good and how much he loves us, we will have a tendency to, to put a bit of, you know, a wall. Because the, 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 the human nature is to protect them, ourselves. So we want to protect ourselves, so we put walls. And we will do that with God. Another obstacle is other voices. Sometimes other, other voices 
are more important in our lives than God. So we listen to these voices and we forget about seek first the kingdom of God and everything will, give, will be given unto you. We forgot about that and we, we listen to, to voices, we, we, we look at circumstances, we get distracted and we don't fix our eyes on God. That could prevent us to hear his voice. And the final one, which is oppression itself, I think, is what I call the big D's. Do you know the big D's? The big D's. Discouragement, disappointment. Okay, in your Christian life, you will see discouragement and disappointment are the things that would uh, prevent you to really go deeper with God. And what happened here is, you know, suddenly you're in a situation, you, you love God and you've been walking with God, but things in life have not gone the way you thought they will. Or you work hard, you worked hard, but you didn't get the reward you thought you deserved. That kind of thing creates disappointment in your heart and discouragement and often instead of admitting to God you know I'm a bit angry and frustrated over here you don't you don't say that you don't come to him you don't talk to him and you let a barrier come between God you know because deep down you are annoyed and you are angry at God but you don't want to admit it so that's another obstacle to hear God's voice you have to do like the psalmist, God, and say, whoa, I just feel, God, you have abandoned me. You have to let it out and let God do his work of Hallelujah. healing you, Hallelujah. talk to you, show you the bigger perspective. That's what you have to do in this case. You see, in God, it's clear that we are spiritually more mature when we have learned to depend on him. Hallelujah. And when we depend on him, we, we, we've learned to, or we're learning to surrender a little bit faster. And then we learn to, to lean on his voice and listen to his whisper. And we learn to shut off all the bad voices and all the other things. That's maturity. That's spiritual maturity. In that sense, like a child, like a sheep, we position ourselves in hearing range. And we say, okay, I'm here, God. I'm willing, I'm willing, I want to listen. Okay? So my third point is, we are not only called to hear his voice, but we are called to listen. Hallelujah. You see this verse in John 10 that I mentioned before, 10, 27, when he says, my sheep listen to my voice. In the Bible, there's actually two translations. There's, my sheep hear my voice, and my sheep listen to my voice. I prefer listen to my voice because it says after, and they follow instruction. Mm -hmm. It's not about just hearing a sound. It's about really taking this seriously and follow the instruction of the shepherd. There's some, you see what I'm saying? We hear his voice, but there's something about I'm listening and I'm going to take that seriously and I'm going to follow the instruction of the shepherd. You see, we follow the instruction of the shepherd because we know how much he cares for us and how extremely good he is at looking after us. So we're not, you know, often people say, oh, you're like a sheep, you follow. No, actually, this is not, following God is not following blindly. That's right. That is not that. Amen. The sheep, they know very well who is the shepherd. They don't yeah. listen to any random guys. Secondly, they know that this shepherd knows where the food is. Beautiful. 
and they know what is good for them. Beautiful. So we're not just, you know, blindly following the shepherd. We know he can take extremely good care for us. You know, if you're in the middle of a paddle, what are you going to do as a sheep? Are you going to climb over the other sheep? Are you going to get more muddy and completely lost in the mud? Or are you going to ask the, sh the shepherd to pick you up Beautiful. and off you go? It, it is this kind of picture that we know it is extremely good at looking after us. Okay, so what do we do with God's voice? Are we listening and putting in practice what he's saying? Are we hearing but ignoring some stuff? Talking the thing we want, uh, taking the things we want, sorry, and then uh, select what we like. What, what are we doing with the voice of the shepherd? In Luke 16, verse 10, he says, um, whoever can be faithful or trusted with little things Amen. can also be trusted with the larger Amen. things. Amen. Okay. A few years back, this is a bit of a testimony, a few years back, yeah, I remember very well, it was um, in 13. I was in a season of my life and I was really praying hard. I'm saying, Jesus, I have no idea what I should be doing next. And I was praying hard. And I was really earnest with my praying. And I didn't know really what to do next. And then I heard this voice. And it was a bit like that. I said, well, I've already told you what to do. So why don't you start by that? Oh, okay. Okay, oh, what, what have you told me? Oh, oh, yes, you've told me to do that and that. Well, okay, I'll start by that. It was so clear. You know, you know that when you have this voice coming out, you know it's not your own voice. It was exactly that. I said, I've already told you. So why don't you start by that? Okay. Sometimes we haven't applied what he has already told us and we want him to reveal us some more. Amen. So are we listening and following his voice? Are we starting to practice walking, following the shepherd? And in the walking and in the following, he will reveal some more. He will show the next step. He will lift us up. Yeah? Now, my fourth point is so, so vital. His voice is sweet. Learn to discern the voice of God. When I heard God saying to me, I already told you. Why don't, don't you start by that? I didn't hear. I already told you. Stupid. <laughs> Why don't you start by that? I didn't hear that. I heard. But I already told you. Why don't you start by that? Isn't it, isn't it different? Amen. Yeah, very, very different. <laughs> Romanite tells us there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you think God speaks to you and the tone you hear is really harsh and it leaves you really feel very condemned, ignore that. That's not God. That is most likely to be the accuser of your soul. Who wants to put you down. Who wants to accuse you, make you feel miserable. That is not God. Because it says there's no condemnation for those who are it's Jesus. Okay? Yes, Father sometimes will come and correct us. And I think what I heard was a bit of a correction. I said, but, but I've already told you why you're not doing the things that I've said to you to do. It's a bit of a correction. And sometimes you might feel, oh, ouch, yeah, that's a bit of a hard truth. It might feel like that. It might feel, oh, okay, oh, yes. Hmm, my bad. Okay? And I might have to process, you know, what I'm doing wrong. 
But notice the voice of God, the, the objective of the gospel of God will always be to bring a solution to you so you would walk in freedom and you would walk in fullness of life. So it's full of love. It's full of redemption for your life. Okay. Consider Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Okay. So they're having this conversation. I'm not going to go over the whole thing because it's quite long. But at one point, Jesus turns and, and, and says to this woman, by the way, call your husband. Ouch. The woman goes, you know, you could just imagine her face. Oh, uh, oh uh, actually, uh, I haven't got any husband. And Jesus proceeds and he says, yeah, yeah, actually, uh, I know you've been married several times and the guy you're with now, which is your fourth or your fifth, I can't even remember in the story, uh, you're not married with. You know, it, Jesus knew. But did Jesus expose that to, to judge her? Not at all. He, he was creating a rapture. He said, yeah, I, I know, actually, I know you. I know you, but remember, I said to you, come to me, you will never be thirsty again. Amen. So he was establishing, I'm the one who's all powerful, I, I know you. So he revealed a hard truth, but his voice was gentle. He was not judgmental of her. Actually, I, I believe he didn't really care, you know? He, I mean, he didn't care whether she was on the second, third, fourth marriage. What he cared is that she would have a redemption, a chance of redemption and changing her life and be full of life. That's what it was about, yeah? So his tone is amazing. The tone of Jesus is sweet. You see, a lot of people know the Bible as the word of God, but do they know the tone of his voice? Amen. Amen. A lot of people know the Bible very well as the word of God, mm. but do they know the tone of his voice? We need to know that voice full of love. You see, the one who is always for you, never against you. I can't tell you in my life, I've been a Christian for more than 40 years, and I can't tell you how many passages in the Bible are interpreted wrongly because I didn't know the tone of his voice. Take the, um, uh, the miracle of the water changing to wine. Jesus, uh, Jesus is like at the party and he's having a good time and the mom is in charge of the wine and the wine uh, ran out and she goes and see Jesus and she goes, uh, Jesus, come on, do something, you know? And Jesus' reply goes, oh, woman, um, what, what, why is it involving me? Uh, my time has not come for a miracle. It's not my time. That's what he says. Okay, so for many, many years I've read, this is the voice of Jesus I read, okay? Wrongly. <laughs> Um, oh, woman, Shh. mind your business. You really, you don't know anything, really. My time has not come. I know my time. God knows my time. Shut up. Oh, no. you know. I read it like that. And actually, it's funny because I was looking at the interpretation of this passage quickly. I googled this morning, and I saw so many people who interpret that like that. It was literally Jesus rebooking his mother saying, oh, and actually, they're completely wrong. Because the, the, the old woman, you see that expression, old woman is the same expression that Jesus used when he was dying on the cross. And he looked down and he saw his mom. And what he says is, oh woman, look at your son now. Look at here, your son. 
So do you, was it a rebuke? Not at all. He, he was, oh, woman, oh, woman. And this expression, um, why are you involving me? It was more a, a I think it's like, I, I, I'm distancing myself from this problem. It was like, so basically, this is what it really meant. Say, oh, woman, uh, what has it got to do with it? Because, I mean, you're in charge of the wine. I'm having a party. That was not, uh, that was not my business to, to change the wine right now. You see what I'm saying? So I read that completely wrongly for years, and I thought, who comes the rebook? You know? This is, but it was not a rebook. Can you see what I'm saying? So imagine a situation where you read thousands and thousands of emails and letters from someone you love and loves you. Okay? But you've never heard the sound of their voice. And you've never seen the expression on their face. My question to you is, would you rather read a lot more email and letters, or would you rather meet them face to face? The offer is there for you. I would argue, to know the face of it. I want to look into their eyes. I want to smell them. I'm hot on smell. I want to smell them. I want to know how they smell, right? But of course, if we are separated at one point, I want to read their letters and I want to read their email, but I surely want to know this person face to face. You see what I mean? That's exactly the point. You can know about God, but you can know God. You can read about the voice of God in the Bible, but you can hear his voice. You can meet him. You can read your Bible and the Bible comes alive and you know the sound of his voice and you can see his face as he's talking to you. Yeah? Jesus became the word of God in flesh. In John 1 verse 14 it says, He was full of grace and truth. That's how God sounds like. Full of grace, but true. Yes? And the truth shall set you free. There's another verse. We could go there, right? So that's how Jesus is. Actually, in 1 King 19, verse 12, there's the account of Elijah when he wants to, he says to God, show me your glory. And it says in the Bible, and you could read this chapter, uh, God was not in the fire, he was not in the thunder, but he was in the... Some translations say even the silence. That's where God was. Okay? So, which bring, that brings me to the last point. God speaks in many, many different ways. Okay? And the most obvious, obviously, is the Bible. Yes, the Bible is the word of God given to us to instruct us, to correct us. Spend time in your Bible will strengthen your faith as the Holy Spirit guides you. Okay? As you read it with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we will show you what is the tone of God, how to apply it to your life personally. But there's many other ways to hear the voice of God. For example, dreams. Okay? So Joseph got a dream about um, Mary, Mary and Jesus coming, etc. Paul in Acts 16 verse 9, Paul got a, a dream about a man asking him, to come to Macedonia, not only he got this invitation in a dream, but he also got a map. Amen. 
How about that? The mission was ready. He got the instruction through a dream. In this church, I can tell you, we have at least two people who got healed in a dream. You know? A first person, uh, they had a dream that Jesus was a, a neurosurgeon uh, uh, um, and was going in the brain and doing all the rewiring and they woke up the next, the next morning and they were completely healed. Yeah. Yes, you can give a clap. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Yes. In a dream, they got healed in the dream and another person was suffering with uh, an allergy uh, and God in the dream gave the solution. They said, the reason you skin is reacting is because your tap have the wrong element of metal and you are reacting to that. Fancy that. In a dream. In a dream. It is amazing, huh? In a dream. So God speaks in many different ways. And so dreams, the Bible obviously, angelic encounter. So Mary had the visit of uh, Gabriel, the angel. But you know, he carries on. He carries on in Hebrew 13. Uh, oh, I forgot about um, one. Uh, you know that Peter was released from prison by, 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 by an angel, right? So all sorts of things happen. That the angel is actually with us, protecting, protecting us, sorry, and guarding us and helping us in our daily life. Hebrew 13 verse 2 says, Be not forgetful to entertain stranger. In other words, be hospitable. Because thereby some have entertained angels unaware. So if you're hospitable, in other terms, if you're hospitable, be always hospitable because you might have actually been hospitable towards angels. So it's, it's for us as well. We can have angelic encounters. And I know some people who see angels. I, I, I don't see angels, but I sense them. Okay? This is something we can actually ask God to make us more aware of what we're not worshiping the angels, but we're aware they're there. We're aware they're there. They serve God. Okay. Now, another one. This is a this is a bizarre one. Okay. Falling into a trance and having a vision. Okay. Who would like to to have this one? Yes. Falling. In, there's somebody right. Falling into a trance and having a vision is totally happening in the Bible. So, for example, Peter had a vision about eating the unclean animals, remember? He fell into a trance and he had this vision. And this vision was crucial because in this vision, God told him that effectively the plan of salvation was for all, the Jews and the Gentiles. Massive, important step, okay? Because he was very focused on the Jews. And God said, no, 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 it's for everyone, okay? John uh, wrote a revelation after a trance, okay? Uh, and we shouldn't shy away from this kind of way that God speaks to us. I'll tell you why. Because actually, Jamie mentioned this verse uh, earlier on. In Acts 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young man will see visions. And your old man will dream dreams. Amen. So, are we not in the last last days. Yeah. It is for us. Who wants to prophesy? Who wants to dream dreams? Who wants to have vision? That's the question. Who wants to experience the voice of God in those terms? It's about hunger. It's about, okay, I'm available, God. I'm here. So, remind me, one of my favorite stories when I was little was um, Samuel. You know, when, when God called
calls him and he, he doesn't quite know where he's going. He say, and then he said, here I am, here I am. That was his answer when he heard the voice of God. So the audible voice of God, it happens. I've, it's rare, but it happened. I've heard testimonies of people who have heard something from God. Okay, and Jesus suddenly at his baptism, we heard the voice of God, you know. Um, most of the time, most of the time, we get impressions. Impressions, let me explain to you. An impression, it sounds like, it's something that sounds a little bit like your internal voice, or it could be in picture in your mind, but somehow you know it doesn't come from you, because it comes a bit out of the blue, and you know this is really something you wouldn't have thought naturally. And it comes, and it, you know it's God. You're thinking, oh, wow. And in the Bible, it's there, because it says in Acts uh, 20, verse 22 and 23, uh, now, compelled by the Spirit, Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem. So it's kind of like, yes, I'm, I felt it's right in my spirit. I felt it's right. I've got to go to Jerusalem. Okay? And often, God guides us like that, with an impression. Actually, you've got a friend called Sasha, She's a champion of that. She literally, she's, she's in the middle of, you know, engaging with God, and God would tell her, uh, I, I think you really should go to this place, and you're going to meet this kind of person. And so she's like, okay. So she goes. Uh, sometimes it's a park. Sometimes she goes, and she waits. And often she has the most amazing encounter where people are healed, saved. And, you know, uh, like a recent one was that this guy was really suicidal, and he just had recently go gone back to church, and um, he, he, was, he was talking to God, and off she appeared. And the rest is, you know, obviously amazing. So she kind of like followed the impression that the Holy Spirit gave her. Jamie and I, we came into this church after one of those, where we were in a public meeting, and somebody said something. And he went, we looked at each other at the same time, and we went, we're moving. I, I said, Jimmy said, we're moving. I said, yeah, I know. And we just knew something from God, you know, an impression in our spirit. Okay. You can have as well physical manifestation. Often I get that, for example, um, I get word of knowledge in my, in my body. That's a very common one for me. So, for example, I'm totally fine. I'm worshipping, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly I get this massive pain in my shoulder. And I know that's God drawing you know, uh, my attention to my shoulder because he wants to heal someone. So that's the way God speaks to me. It, often, it, in my body, I would feel something and I know that's how he speaks to me. Um, so that's a word of knowledge uh, that I, you physically can feel. And there is as well many, many other things like signs and wonders, just that God says, hey, look, I'm here. Things are happening. And I mean, those are, you know, uh, there are something like I'm going to give you some example that Jamie and I personally lived. Uh, I think once we were at a meeting and we had rose scent. Was it right? Like literally in the worship, we could smell rose, and we knew it was not a perfume, and we knew it was not a, pers a person. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was just rose scent. You know, Jesus say, "I'm the rose of Sharon," and somehow, for whatever reason, in the worship, we got the smell of of, of rose. Uh, they, they, we've seen oil appearing in hands, often as a sign of healing. We've, se we've seen it from our eyes. We've seen gold dust appearing and disappearing. Like, like I mean, as, as, as clear that I see you, 
I've seen gold dust covering the whole floor, like coming and then after a while just disappearing. Okay, we've seen diamonds. I mean, they're not diamonds, diamonds, but they are like looking like diamonds, and little gems appearing again. I have a collection at home of gems who have appeared all around my house and even in the church. So it happens. We've seen a glory cloud. So it's kind of like a swirl of gold dust and thing appearing and God was doing amazing healing in that meeting. We've seen that swirling around for three or four hours. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. It's a mystery. What I know is there was a lot of God presence at that point. And what I know is I think he, he does that so to make us wonder. Say, so, yeah, he is the God of the impossible and all. You know? We've seen, oh, another one is rain in a building. Jamie felt rain in a building one. He was worshipping and he felt the rain, physical rain. And he looked around and he was thinking, is there a leak? Is there a leak? No, there was no leak. He felt rain. Isn't it crazy? Oh, and another one is feathers. One, one day I saw a feather. I, I was in worship and, was it? We, we, you, you saw feather too. Um, and we opened and we saw feather in the middle of a building there's no animal whatsoever I'm thinking okay I think even once we try to pick it up and disappear so we know it's not a physical feather don't be afraid because whatever God is doing it will never be in contradiction with the scriptures never never in contradiction with the spirit however and hear me loud and clear and loud and clear it doesn't mean that all the expression of this manifestation will be in black and white in scriptures. Like I've not seen feather appearing in, 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 in scriptures. But I know it was God because I know he's, he's more. He's more and we realize. But, but what he makes you feel and how God is present in the room will never be in contradiction in scripture. Never, ever, ever. You get me, yeah? Okay, so I'm going to finish here. But this is what I would like to do. I'm going to actually play a song. Okay. And there's two situations here where we could engage. Uh, 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 please engage with God the way you are comfortable with. If it's closing your eyes, it's closing your mouth. If it's standing, it's standing. You do whatever is comfortable for you. But I think there's this scenario where you might think, well, I can't really hear God's voice like that. Okay? If it's you, I suggest you just come to God simply and say, God, you say it's my birthright. So I'm going to repent from this wrong thinking. And I'm going to say, I know you want me to hear your voice. Okay? And please come. And let him and his love hold you, make you feel safe. And in your presence and you will see it will come and meet with you and the second scenario is maybe you hear God's voice but you're thinking wow I'd like a lot more I have a desire in my heart to see the signs and wonder I have a desire in my, in my heart to be like for example my friend Sasha to, to to know how I can be used by God you know maybe God will give you words for for your for people at work in a dream, in a dream you will see one of your colleagues and suddenly will reveal, yeah, this colleague is struggling with that. This is what you can do, can tell him. Imagine that. I tell you, when we speak to people and we have a revelation for God, it's super easy. Super easy.